0: You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. On today's episode, we will answer the question, is functional medicine evidence-based? So stay tuned. Hello nurses, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Sager. I'm a family nurse practitioner. I own a functional medicine consulting practice and I teach functional medicine to RNs and NPs through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. I wanted to talk today about a topic that comes up often in discussions around functional medicine. People often ask me if functional medicine is evidence-based. Before I learned functional medicine, I practiced by the book. So if something had an evidence-based protocol that had been released by a respected organization, I tried to follow those guidelines to the T. I often tell people that I went to one of the best schools in the world for my nurse practitioner program, Georgetown University, and I learned the most up-to-date guidelines for each thing that I offered my clients. And looking back, I can see uh, the the flaws in that system, I wanted to talk about that a little more today. Um, Even back then I was still looking for more holistic options that I could weave into my practice. And more and more as I did that, I saw people actually getting better from the holistic practices where the uh, incredibly evidence-based prescription interventions that I had been taught to use were only maybe mitigating illness or controlling symptoms for someone. A good example of something I saw all the time was people coming to me to have their thyroid conditions managed. So maybe they had hypothyroidism and they would ask me for a full thyroid panel. And I really struggled with this. I would go back and look at the guidelines and like see if anything new had come out because I kept hearing people tell me that they had had their thyroid managed by someone that looked at more lab work than I did and used different remedies compared to the levothyroxine that I was prescribing and they came back to me from seeing these other providers or came to me as a new patient and would tell me that they felt much better on that medication and maybe i would switch them back to levothyroxine that they had tried in the past and they would feel poorly again within a few months so I could tell there was something to that, but it wasn't something that I had been taught at this prestigious university just not long before at all, and was still, current guidelines was to dose based off of really basic labs and uh, using certain guidelines that now I, I don't follow at all. It was a conflict for me and I knew that I wanted to learn more, but at the same time I was sticking to the books um, with what I was offering. And as I began learning functional medicine, I began to see that there was more to a lot of things that I had learned in nursing school and in nurse practitioner school that wasn't being accepted into current guidelines that we offer for our patients. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit with you today. One thing that I noticed when I started studying functional medicine is that there aren't a lot of really large studies that validate what we do in functional medicine. But as I started implementing interventions I was learning for my patients, they were actually getting better. And people with chronic diseases that I had been taught that we'd live with for the rest of our lives were being healed people uh, that get functional medicine interventions, guidance from an experienced functional medicine provider could have a chronic disease completely reversed and stop all of their medications. And when I say this, I don't mean that all of that was replaced with supplements. Um, You may know that I don't feel that that is practicing functional medicine to the degree that it should be, where we're actually looking for the root cause and addressing that. Um, So, when we are taught in the allopathic model how to treat and manage disease that's exactly what we're doing we're managing someone's disease by prescribing medications maybe that will keep things under control but we aren't looking for the root cause and addressing it so in functional medicine we find that root cause and address it and often people can heal or get much better than they are when they come to us and as a result, we're going to look for the root cause and every person that comes to us with a condition might have a different root cause that's really unique for them. The example I often use is hypertension. We, If we see 10 people with hypertension, they'll have 10 different causes for their hypertension. And when we address their root cause, they could get better and not have hypertension anymore. Well, As a result, we can't have really huge studies that are gonna validate functional medicine practices because we can't do one intervention and prove that it works for everyone because that just isn't the case. And that is honestly why people don't get better um, in the allopathic model and they do need prescription medications to manage their illness, is that the root cause isn't being addressed. I also like to think too about how most research is funded, and I I talk to my students a lot about this. Who performed the study that you're looking at and what was their interest in the topic? Um, I find that most of our current guidelines for how to manage chronic conditions includes prescription medications, sometimes a surgery, but the holistic aspects are often missing. And I find it quite suspicious that when you practice functional medicine, you're able to reverse a lot of diseases. But the number one intervention for almost every single guideline, maybe every guideline um, for a chronic health conditions is a prescription medication. And I find that a lot of research is funded by drug companies or they have a special interest in the outcome. So when my students and I look at research, we really try to look closely at the participants and look at who the researchers are as well and we're going to have another upcoming episode where we talk more about taking a closer look at research but when we use functional medicine we can step away from the really large randomized control trials that cannot validate root cause medicine And we can look more closely at cohort studies where we group people with like conditions, and we can validate functional medicine in that way. So we can say, of people with sleep apnea who have hypertension, how many of them have an improvement in their hypertension when we address their sleep apnea? So there are certainly studies that exist that validate functional medicine practices 100%. When we dig even deeper and we look at these studies that are in what I like to call an N of one study, so it has one participant, it's a case study where we're talking about the outcomes of one person when we look at the root cause of their health concern, we find that finding the root cause for people can truly heal them. And it reminds me of a story that I often tell my students about. When I used to work in the hospital setting and for my local corporate healthcare system, I felt that I was pretty respected and often like a resource on a floor I was working on. After I stepped away and started working in functional medicine, I was really excited. I had come across this study that was a child who had had autism. Uh, dysbiosis was addressed, and all symptoms of autism were non-existent afterwards and I thought this was really fascinating because I had never heard that autism could be cured and I still think that that is a controversial topic but I have a student that we're going to have on in a coming episode who had her son's severe autism diagnosis fully reversed with functional medicine practices as well so stay tuned for that. I shared this study in my personal Social media platform. And somebody that I used to work with that is a physician wrote me kind of a like a shaming comment on my post that I had a responsibility as a healthcare practitioner to not share such nonsense, basically, because you can't be sharing end of one studies to validate healthcare. Um, But this same person mostly shares about drinking alcohol and eating processed carbohydrates all day long. So I digress because that's a hundred percent appropriate, but talking about truly healing people using holistic practices, maybe not. So I, say that to point out that our healthcare system is set up where that's acceptable, right? In the course I teach, we find and share research and we take a closer look at a study. So in our Zoom meetings, sometimes we'll have a conversation about um, topics like research or um, things that are on my students' minds for that week. And last year, a student commented about struggling with practicing functional medicine and stepping away from evidence-based practice. And so a lot of our meeting that week was uh, on that topic. I personally feel that 100% of what I offer my clients and that I teach is evidence-based. The problem is that we aren't looking at studies with 10,000 participants to prove what we are doing for our patients and clients. But when we're looking for the root cause and addressing it and healing, We're looking for a unique cause. A really interesting topic that I think we should talk about on this thread is the idea that we as healthcare practitioners have been taught and we teach our patients that their bodies break. And this is widely believed in our current healthcare system. And therefore, people feel that they need a medication to heal them or to mitigate their symptoms. And we have been trained this in our healthcare training as well that we will be providing some sort of relief with a prescription medication and in many cases this is true and there are going to be many people that come to us in the healthcare system that are not looking for a root cause approach and for them the prescription medication is the right intervention and if we have studies that validate those interventions as the best uh in a non-holistic approach, then I think that that's appropriate and there's certainly a place for allopathic medicine in many regards. But our bodies are actually exquisitely capable of tolerance and healing. So things that we expose ourselves to, our body can adapt quite well. There is definitely a tipping point and this is when symptoms tend to emerge. This is well before a diagnosable disease. And this is one place where functional medicine shines because not following guidelines that tell us to wait for a diagnosable disease helps us address things well before the diagnosable disease. Instead, we can guide people towards wellness long before they meet the criteria for a prescription medication. People have often come to me over the years feeling like no one has listened, that their symptoms were ignored, And they were told their diagnostic tests and labs were all normal, which is an upcoming podcast topic. I definitely am guilty of this before I learned functional medicine, particularly when I was working in primary care. If a patient's lab work that I did based on guidelines to work up or rule out a condition were normal, I didn't have a lot of options to direct them towards relief if their symptoms were vague and not leading to a diagnosable health condition. The truth is functional medicine is the epitome of evidence-based practice. It is science, it is biochemistry, it is pathophysiology and all of that combined and really taking into consideration the demands of our body at the cellular level. We explore things in our lifestyles and environment that can disrupt the normal functioning of our bodies. I wanna tie this back to my comment about thyroid earlier because a really great example is when we say, T4 and T3 are some active thyroid hormones and levothyroxine is addressing a T4 level. So if we're lacking the nutrients that convert that T4 into T3, which aren't part of the guidelines to look at. And in reality, the nutrients that convert T4 to T3 are lacking for some reason. And T3 is the most active thyroid hormone. Someone is going to feel really poorly if they're on levothyroxine. Their T4 numbers are going to look fantastic on their lab work. And meanwhile, without looking, we don't realize that the T3 levels are really suboptimal or low. By addressing the nutrients that can support that process, we can help somebody feel dramatically better and maybe give them back the energy and metabolism to live a fuller life beyond that we can dig even deeper and ask why are these nutrients low is it impaired digestion is it something going on in the diet so there's a lot more to that than a couple simple questions but i wanted to tie that back around and point out that is basic biochemistry so i don't need a big study to show that we need those nutrients to convert t4 to t3 they are scientific facts and Sometimes my students will ask me for a study to validate something really fundamental in functional medicine practice for a specific concern, like hypothyroidism in this example. And I have to refer them back to their biochemistry and pathophysiology textbooks from nursing school. We talk a lot about nutrients, the demands of the body, and things that might deplete or reduce our access to critical nutrients in functional medicine. How long does it take research to be incorporated into practice? I think I heard that it's 20 years. I might be wrong, but just think about that. I mean, why are we waiting for guidelines, mostly mandated by drug companies to dictate our practice, when we can go ahead and look for that evidence ourselves? So for me, I try to teach my students to really look for evidence for holistic practice, keep an eye on what is emerging practice and review who the, you know, everything about the research that we are going to talk about in an upcoming episode where we're really considering the underlying threads in a study before we use it to either promote the practice that we're already doing or maybe help us consider a new way forward i hope that you maybe still have your biochemistry and pathophysiology books from nursing school i definitely have a copy on my shelf that i refer to often and i find that this is my very best way for validating functional medicine is to point out that most everything that we offer our patients and clients in functional medicine are validated by these scientific principles that are fundamental to our bodies and holistic nursing practice. So I hope this was a really revealing episode for you, and I look forward to sharing my thoughts on evaluating the evidence in our upcoming episode. Until next time, be well. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below. In the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the functional medicine for nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine.